0: So good morning, everybody. All right, welcome to the new show of Impact Twenty Four Seven. I'm so thrilled to have this guest. All right, uh, on on today's show, who has been teaching students for last twelve years. All right, at different uh, levels, from adult to preschool, at every level of competence. But uh, teaching is what she's been passionate about, and of late, she's become. Super passionate about health and nutrition. Having completed her courses in primal health coaching certification, raw nutrition certification from David Wolf, uh, primal health coaching certificate from primal academy, master, and of course the education background has been master's in education from New York University, CELTA certificate from Cambridge University, postgraduate honors degree from University of KZN and Bachelor of Arts, University of KZN. And uh, she hails from South Africa now working as a health coach in UAE and as a business development director with InkFit.AE, which is an entity committed to assisting people in their healthy journey through Keto-based program in UAE. And I am so excited to bring someone from, from Keto background because I've been on Keto for the last four and a half years uh, and it changed my life so profoundly. So, so Bronwyn McElchie, I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for accepting my invite.
1: Thank you, Manish. I'm honored to be here. It was a lovely introduction.
0: <laughs> I, I, am, I, I am curious to know because, you know, I sent you a random uh, message online and you, and you accepted it. Uh, so, so really, really grateful and thankful for that. But I want to know from you what was the thought running in your mind when you got that invite?
1: Well, the first thing was I checked like who you were and then I saw that you were a member of our Facebook group, Keto and Primal Health UAE. So I thought, okay, this guy knows Keto. I can respond to him. <laughs> <laughs> and also I was, I was on it because it means that our message is starting to get out there and that um, Ingford is starting to be more visible, which is, which is what, I, what we're hoping for.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I, I've seen Infit. Uh, the ads keep coming on Facebook. All right. Uh, okay. and, and I love, love the picture. I love the picture with the wooden board and the, you know, the fruits and the vegetables. So it's, it's very, it was very catchy. That's when I came to know about this brand. But you want to share how Infit came into play? What, what is it exactly that Infit, Infit is committed to?
1: Okay, so EngFit started a couple of years ago with Lee, our CEO, who was on a personal health journey, um, not actually related to keto, but he had a lot of weight to lose and he finally decided that he was going to lose it. He got fit, he got healthy, started working out, started lifting weights, and started, and because he was having so much success, he wanted to share it with friends. So he started okay. his website. And started putting out information on working out and superfoods and all of those kind of things. And then he found, because he's kind of, we both have this personality trait of being a little bit obsessive with whatever we're doing. Which I think is both a good thing and a bad thing, depending what the current obsession is. More of a good thing.
0: I think if the obsession is good, then it's more of a good thing.
1: Exactly. So, as he was listening to more and more podcasts, because you have to admit, in this day and age, the podcast is where you're going to get your most recent cutting-edge information, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, he was listening to a podcast um, that had Dr. Uh, Dr. D'Augustino and Peter Atia on it, and they were discussing ketones. And they described it as literally being like being on jet fuel. And of course, most men, when you hear that you're going to be on jet fuel, need to... I want it. Yes. I want it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how he got into keto. I got into keto through um, the popularity of it in South Africa because of our um, figurehead, Professor Tim Noakes, who had to defend keto in court and actually won. So that was amazing because, you know, there's all this... Um, debate about it being a fad diet or maybe it's dangerous to cut all your carbs and how can you give that kind of medical advice and he was actually taken to court for that and it's amazing that the international keto community came to his rescue and many of the like Zoe Harkham from the UK and um Various doctors, Dr. Eric Westman from the U.S. all flew into South Africa to help defend him. Dr. Jason Fung, the leader of fasting, all of them. And so when he won that court case, I think most South Africans sat up and listened. Like, this guy knows what he's talking about. This is not um, a fad anymore. And so I gave it a try myself. And on my keto journey, I've managed to lose... 11 kgs, which, I mean, and I've been dieting my whole life. And you've been struggling with
0: it for a long time. Exactly.
1: And then Lee and I found each other on Facebook because he decided he was going to sell exogenous ketones, which is a whole other question. Um, And I'd never tried exogenous ketones, and I saw these ones being advertised in Dubai, so I messaged him. And next thing, we were chatting on Facebook and realized that we were both equally obsessed with keto <laughs> and both into the same kind of people and the same kind of science and into it on the same kind of level because i think what you find with a lot of people especially in the social commun- media community on keto is they have very little understanding of the actual mechanisms in the body that right. are happening on keto and they're very quick to say, oh, this is keto, and that's keto, and that's not keto, but they have no understanding of what what ketosis actually is, and what the state of ketosis is, and how the individual needs to reach that state vary. So I think both of us have been struggling in that community, in this space, to find someone who understood us, and and when we found each other, we were speaking the same language. And so... yeah, then he, the next thing I knew, I was sitting in Dubai having coffee with Lee and his wife, Alice, who's amazing. And he asked me to be a part of his vision. And before I knew it, there were four of us involved in his vision, and Ingfit grew wings.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. And the vision that we created as a team for Ingfit is that we want to be the safe place for keto in Dubai. We wanna be the unbiased, open, um, honest place for keto in Dubai. In other words, we don't want to have kind of set ideas that never change. We wanna be open to the science, open to the fact that knowledge is, is ever changing and ever evolving. And some things that we say and agree with today maybe disprove tomorrow. Right. And we're not going to try and stick with an old idea just because of ego and because that we put that out there before we want to be a space where people can like completely trust us. And so the products that we select to sell, we've got the product side and we've got the information side and we try to educate our public and we try to ensure we make a promise to our customers that anything we sell we would consume ourselves and it's hard because we have to turn down a lot of really profitable options because they're made with huge
0: things high carb high sugar options with huge margins
1: exactly and also the worst part is low carb options or high carb high sugar options that are parading as low carb options right and your average person when it says low carb on the packet doesn't they buy all the ingredients in there and won't know how it's harming their health. So that's our I, passion is understanding it all so well that our fan base and our customers can trust us with their health. Yeah. So that's the short answer.
0: <laughs> no, that's amazing. And, and uh, what I want, what I want you to highlight a little bit on, because many listeners of this podcast may not exactly know what is, Ketosis, or what is a keto-based diet? So uh, you want to share for a layman listening to this podcast, what exactly is the keto-based diet?
1: Sure. So keto <clears throat> is not just a random diet that like, means nothing or like the Dukan diet or anything like that. Keto is short for ketosis. Ketosis is the state that our bodies enter into when they start to produce ketone bodies. Ketone bodies are either um, acetyl acetate, beta-hydroxybutyrate or another one that I can't remember right now, (laughs) forgive me. But um, basically these are the two that we measure. So um, when When bodies start to produce um, BHB or beta-hydroxybutyrate at a level of 0.5 millimoles in the blood or higher, it means that your liver has started producing these ketone bodies and you are in a state of ketosis. Now, this is a really natural state that if we think back to our ancestors, they would have entered into very often what the body requires to enter into that state is either a complete absence of food, so you would be in a fasting state, or you would have to severely limit carbohydrates. So that would be um, taking in no more than 20 grams of total or net carbohydrates, depending on the individual and how insulin sensitive or resistant they are per day. Fasting is probably the fastest and easiest way to get there, so what happens in your body when you are in a in a calorie depletion or a carb depletion state is that your body usually is completely used to burning glucose for fuel right because as carbohydrate eaters, we are consistently putting carbs and glucose and carbs and glucose into our body, and so that is our body 's easiest and chosen um Form of energy when it's consistently getting glucose. However, there are a plethora of health complications to do with this, which I won't get into now. Um, So, in the past, our ancestors would never have been eating the amount of carbs we're eating, nor the amount of calories we're eating. If we think of a hunter gatherer human being, they wouldn't have had consistent access to the same amount of food. They would have had times of feast and times of famine, probably in the winter when they couldn't get any animals or um, there had been a drought and there weren't many fruits or anything like that available. They would have gone through times of severe calorie restriction. And being human beings and designed the way we were in absolute perfection, really, (laughs) um, our bodies are wise. And so when we have no calorie source coming in we have this amazing calorie source strapped to us that many of us are not friends with and that's our own personal fat right so our bodies have been saving that and saving that for these times of famine and when they start to access that fat store and burn the fat for fuel in our livers these ketone bodies are produced so Our bodies tap into our natural fat stores because they're not getting any external form of glucose. They have to find their their energy from fat. And in the burning of that fat, ketones are produced and ketones are a superior energy source. I mean, the science is just starting to, there's been science on them since the 1920s or even before that, but now it's really starting to explode.
0: Um. And why do you say it's a better source of energy?
1: In many ways, it is. I mean, there's a time to be burning glucose and there's a time to be burning ketones. We would never have been in one consistent state as human beings. We would have had a flexibility. So ketones have advantages and at times glucose has advantages. But because we have lived in this consistent state of burning glucose, we need to heal our bodies by allowing them to burn these ketones. So ketones cross the blood brain barrier in a far superior way to glucose. um, If you think about insulin resistance, which is the basis of diabetes, which is the basis of the entire metabolic syndrome that most of the public is suffering from at the moment. it's basically just a result of an overfeeding of these processed carbohydrates and also I have to mention um, these vegetable oils, these, these highly processed like sunflower oil and all of those oils at the same time. Right. So our bodies are damaged. Which is, which is literally
0: in every single food today. Exactly. Farm oil, sunflower oil, yeah.
1: Everywhere. Um, and so what happens when these ketone bodies come in, our bodies get a rest from that consistent glucose signaling, signaling, signaling. Because in the presence of that glucose, you have to remember more than five grams of glucose in the bloodstream is toxic. We will die. <laughs> we'll go into hyperglycemia and that's what's um, what we're trying to avoid all the time because insulin is there to regulate the amount of glucose in the bloodstream. But if we've been pushing our glucose up our entire lives really, really high by eating these sugary foods and not just sugar, I mean, carbohydrates, bread, all of these foods, pasta, everything does that to us. So our poor insulin has been like... Signaling and signaling and signaling and signaling to push all this glucose out of our system and it gets tired. And as it gets tired, that's where um, sickness like diabetes comes in. And, you know, in terms of diabetes, more than half of the diabetics in the Middle East are not even diagnosed yet. They have no idea that they are pre-diabetic or early diabetic because they just think the way that they feel is normal. So the, as the insulin gets tired, our bodies become insulin resistant. And what happens when we go into ketosis and we start using
0: And insulin and resistance means basically the sugar production continues and it's not being thrown out of the body now because the exactly. insulin... Right.
1: Yes, okay. because insulin can't be produced anymore. And that's why you find, so diabetics are then given insulin, right? To push that blood, that glucose out of the blood. Instead of right. being told not to eat bread, they're being injected with insulin. Anyway, um, <laughs> so if we want to heal our bodies and give our poor insulin sense um, signaling pathway a rest, we can go into ketosis and then our body doesn't have to produce insulin at that high rate consistently. It can have a break. Our insulin can have a rest and we can repair our insulin sensitivity. And I mean, for those of us who are not diabetic yet or might be slightly pre-diabetic, we can completely reverse our disease risk. And I'm not just talking about oh. diabetes. This is at the this is at the core of many at of many. C- cellular levels. level. Yes, a cellular level. Healing, giving our cells a break. What does cancer eat? It eats glucose. It, glucose feeds cancer cells. They're now calling Alzheimer's and dementia diabetes type three because it's an overload of glucose in the brain, our brain becomes incapable of using glucose as fuel anymore because it's been overloaded for a lifetime. So when you take that glucose away and you give the brain these ketone bodies which are produced in your liver because your body is so intelligent, you can actually notice either a pause in the development of Alzheimer's or you can actually see in the most recent studies, patients starting to remember things that they weren't remembering before. I mean, the science is just mind-blowing what's coming out. This is not a fad diet. This This is something to reverse the epidemic of pain and suffering that we have instilled upon ourselves since the dietary guidelines of 1971. Yeah. where we were all told to eat low fat and high carb. And if you look at the um, diagrams of um, th- the dietary guidelines, come in in 1971, and you look at the rise of obesity, or they're even calling it diabetes now, obesity, um, diabetes, heart disease, stroke, cancer. It's like there's a, this perfect crossover. The, the guidelines come in, and disease just shoots up the world over.
0: No, I've so, I read. I've read so many uh, reports. I've read so many research papers to to show that how corrupt or how inefficient this whole system has been which hasn't worked out in the interest of people who follow these guidelines. In fact, doctors follow these guidelines as biblical, you know, uh, they'll give you an insulin shot and they say, eat anything. It's okay. Exactly. But, uh, but I, you know, it's so good. People like you uh, even doctors of traditional medicine have moved on to these uh, new uh, you know, health regimes—ketosis being one of them, high fat being one of them, Atkins being one of them—and so much of uh, good, credible, really qualified doctors, health professionals are getting into this and educating the world. If, if the if the medical industry doesn't do the job, I guess I guess we got to take it in our hands, and that's exactly what's happened with Ingrid and so many more people.
1: Yes, absolutely, and we feel very blessed. We're working closely with a doctor in Oman called Dr. Ali Al-Lawati, who is amazing. He's, I think, in his mid-30s now. He's on our board of advisors, and he's a type 1 diabetic who discovered keto by himself 17 years ago through the work of Dr. Richard Bernstein. Um, And he put himself on a keto diet against the advice of every single one of his doctors. I mean, he was still a teenager, and he just could see how this did not make sense. He was injecting himself with insulin and eating carbs. Remember, at the same time, insulin not only takes glucose out of our blood, it's the, it's the anabolic hormone. So at right. the same time as it's taking glucose out of its blood, out of our blood, it's signaling, store fat, store fat, store fat, store fat, store fat. So while you've got this insulin running rampant in your body, your body is in serious fat storage mode, which is why you'll find diabetics after they start and those medications, either the ones that increase the production of insulin or the insulin injections, just start to gain even more weight, right? At a really, really rapid pace. So he decided he was tired of being extremely overweight as a teenager. And he took this wisdom and he went into ketosis and halved his insulin within three months. And since then, he went on to become an MD and then to become a specialist internist and then to go to the US and study with Dr. Eric Westman and Dr. Bernstein and come back and start this clinic in Oman called the Lifestyle Clinic, where he treats his patients, his type two diabetic patients, his patients with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, also has high results with keto, of reversing the syndrome. Um, So he's brought that to the region right here in Oman. Um, He actually does a live Q and A in our Facebook group once a month. We're very proud of that. Yeah, and then um, we're also working with Dr. Eric Westman, who's one of the leading researchers in keto.
0: I think you said you read who's, one of them. Yeah, who began my journey to ketosis? This was there this was the person who I credit my journey because I read Keto Clarity by him and I just randomly bumped into it. I liked the name. It called me. I don't know. I was guided to pick up that book randomly. And that one, Kindle. Bronwyn... Kindle has millions of books, and out of all the books, I landed up picking Keto Clarity. It, it amazes me sometimes. I think I was guided, and Keto Clarity landed up into uh, me understanding keto and then bulletproof diet, which is what I'm on to. But I, I'm so thankful to Dr. Eric to you know, have written that book. Amazing. And I'm so glad to know you all work with him.
1: Yeah, I think honestly, I mean, I, I seriously am a keto nerd, but for me, what an honor to have this man working with us and being willing to come into our little Facebook group and speak to our members. Because out here in the Middle East, you can feel a little bit lost sometimes because every time you walk into a doctor's office, I think also what doctors suffer with here is the fear of of legal action. So if they prescribe or give advice that goes against the accepted norm, they could get into trouble, you know, like Professor Notes did
0: in like South Africa. Professor Noakes, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, and so to have him go live and answer the questions that all of us have, and that every new keto person is worried about because they go and sit down in front of their cardiologist and their cardiologist tells them, are you crazy? Cholesterol, oh my goodness. Don't do this diet; you're going to die, you know. Which is scary as a lay person when you. No, I,
0: when when I was diagnosed by thyroid, my doctor told me I have to remove my thyroid gland. Endocrinologist, if I'm pronouncing it right, alright. He told me that yeah. I have to remove thyroid gland, and I said, "Tell me something nutrition based, because I believe that nutrition may give me a chance to fight my thyroid." And he was so so arrogant about, about him being right about a medical procedure which will remove the thyroid gland from my body forever. Yeah. And I walked out of the hospital and I'm so grateful he was cocky that day because if he wasn't cocky and if he was nice to me and gentle to me, I might have gone ahead because I was really going through a hyperthyroid attack. Uh, hyper? Hyper, okay. yeah, hyperthyroid. And because of his cockiness, I landed up hitting upon keto clarity then Bulletproof Diet. And somewhere, I'm grateful to that doctor because he resulted into me never going to a doctor for medication.
1: Brilliant. And, And so you've healed
0: your hyperthyroidism with keto. Completely. Completely. I'm off medication for four years now. People take thyroid medication for life. I'm off medication completely.
1: And there is your thyroid gland in your body functioning beautifully, doing all the things it needs to do. Absolutely. That's amazing.
0: Absolutely. And the the sad part is doctors, as you rightly said, they are out of fear or out of resistance to change. You know, I'm not understanding nutrition and benefits of it. Uh, But uh, that's the intent of this podcast also, Bronwyn. The whole intent of this podcast is to to introduce people to new habits, new routines, new, uh, you know, updates new information that can really change their life and even if they could pick up one suggestion or a couple of suggestions from a guest I think my job is done
1: I think that's excellent I really do because a lot of us just miss this kind of information and if we are only involved in mainstream groups of people and and we're not out there reading and looking for ourselves this information is hidden
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I also wanted to ask you, Bronwyn, that, uh, you know, when I went through your website and I was seeing the monthly packages and the consultation, and just to understand what all InkFit is into, Yeah. Okay, what, what, what caught my attention was that you also pay a visit to people's home, all right, and, you know, check what is there in their house to guide them on that. So can you share with me what, what has shocked you when you do these visits to your clients or, right, what has shocked you the most? What, what do you think people load up at home, which is absolutely disastrous for them <laughs> Ah,
1: this is a difficult one because it's what's in ninety percent ninety nine percent of all kitchens. I think the scariest thing that I see in kitchens is oil um Since the work of Nina Teicholz in her book, The Big Fat Surprise, I am terrified of vegetable oil. Um, And the more we learn about it, like at least if you you have a, a meal with sugar, your body can work that sugar out within three days. Like if you're talking about having a cheat meal. But a meal with vegetable oil in it. And when I say vegetable oil, I'm not only talking about trans fats. I'm talking about canola oil. One of the worst. Sunflower oil. Um, uh, Saffron oil. Soybean oil. Refined palm oil. Actually, unrefined palm oil is okay as long as it's um, environmentally friendly. As long as it's sustainable harvest because there's an ethical problem there with the palm forests in malaysia um but all of those oils that you buy in big plastic bottles um on the shelves (laughs) it's like it's like pouring what you would pour into your car into your body and people don't get it and because it impacts our dna so directly and Instantly, on a cellular level, it takes over 19 days of clean eating after that one vegetable oil meal for your body to be able to um, process that out. 19 days of completely clean eating. So, these people who are pouring a vat of that oil into a pot and then frying chips in it, it Like I have a physical reaction to it because I'm so scared of them. I honestly believe that is like at the core root of what is causing, especially cancer and heart disease, because it's getting into our cells and into our veins and into our arteries. And it's sticking there. Like like the way it sticks onto our kitchen walls after we fry with it. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, yes, kind of, yes
1: That's what's happening yes. inside our bodies. And so I'm very, very careful about cleaning that kind of stuff out first and replacing it with only five options, whichever is easiest for the client. And so our best option is grass-fed ghee, right? right. Ghee, awesome. Don't touch vegetable ghee. Vegetable ghee is the devil. <laughs>
0: Vegetable ghee is like a scam. It's like a it, scam. Right. It shocked me. I I recently noticed vegetable ghee in supermarket. How can there be vegetable ghee? The whole word sounds like a scam. <laughs> right. It's like right. saying it's like saying vegetable chicken. It's like a wet chicken. It's it's
1: it's, it's rubbish. Healthy. It yeah. can't be healthy. If nature didn't give it to us, we can't have it. So yeah. I'm really happy with the use of ghee. It's very high in vitamin K. Also, um a variety of other really really good um, fat soluble vitamins in there so and you can heat it really really high it's heat resistant butter so you've got ghee butter um, and I got I got got
0: butter in my coffee brilliant (laughs) you bulletproof are you okay
1: so grass-fed butter and any kind of if you are okay with animal fat that's fine and because it is heat resistant, it's shelf stable, coconut oil is great. And then for cooking, avocado oil, which has the highest smoke point of all oils. And I like to stop there in terms of cooking. Then I would like to see in everybody's kitchen, one bottle of extremely high quality extra virgin olive oil.
0: But remember I, not, you, want- yeah. you got yours. I put olive oil in everything if i'm having food it'll be in everything
1: yeah yeah it's so important and it's better to add it after you cook because then you don't compromise because olive oil is so rich in these polyphenols that have actually been shown to also get into the brain and start to untangle some of those um the tangles that come up at the beginning of alzheimer's and dementia So the polyphenols have an ability to start breaking that down. It's amazing. But you have to be careful about choosing a high-quality oil here as well. Don't just walk into the supermarket and take olive oil off the shelf. Things you have to watch out for when choosing olive oil. It must be bottled in dark glass or tin. Dark glass or tin. Because exposure to light... Can oxidize the oil and as soon as it becomes oxidized it becomes dangerous to your body so you must have it bottled in one of those two and it must be extra virgin not virgin not just olive you know what they do it's horrific when it's just um labeled as olive oil they will mix they'll take the low quality oil and mix it in with the high quality oil, because obviously they they want to sell everything that they have. But when you buy an extra virgin, you are basically guaranteed that you're getting a, a high quality. And then if you want to be sure that your olive oil has the highest possible polyphenol content, you take a little tablespoon or a teaspoon of it. And when you swallow it, a couple of seconds after you swallow, there should be like a little like itchiness in the back of your throat, kind of a burn. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like you've eaten chili or something like that. And it should make okay. you cough. And okay. if your olive oil makes you cough, you know you've got number one. And, it's just, um, and you should eat as much as possible of it because it's packed to the brim with those antioxidants. Yeah. I'm mean, quite passionate I mean, about I, that. Oil. I...
0: I... <laughs> I started, uh, uh, you know, having olive oil in everything when the producer of Rocky, all right, and many, many movies, all right. Uh, I'm forgetting his name, it's not coming, all right. And he said, I eat food because I want to taste olive oil. <laughs> so he said, I Beautiful. eat food because I want to taste olive oil. And, and since the time I heard him say, and he's 75 plus and healthy like hell. And he said, I put olive oil in everything. I said, man, I got to follow that. He's doing it has to work. So, so I, understood, I understood today from you why the bottles are dark. I, I've seen it, but I never questioned it. So it's an amazing uh, piece of knowledge. And and one more thing I want to ask you, all right? Even coconut oil, when you say use coconut oil. Now, there's a lot of crappy coconut oil also sold in yes. the market, in plastic bottles and all. Can you share uh, what is the difference between crap? Because crappy coconut oil is also there in almost all Indians' homes. I'm an Indian, so I can tell you. Okay. Uh, either vegetable oil or crappy, rubbish coconut oil. What is the difference between using that that low-quality, cheap coconut oil and virgin coconut oil? What's the difference?
1: Okay. So the main difference is that that low-quality olive oil that you're finding in the plastic bottles has been processed and um, to some degree. So it's been refined. It's been they've put it through a process to make it last or make it not. You know, it's mostly in those bottles, you won't find it getting hard the way that it does in a glass bottle. Okay. You know what I mean? It it stays horrible.
0: Right, you're referring to the coconut oil, right? Yes. Okay, right, I see, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think the easiest way to tell the difference, to know if your coconut oil is good or not, is the smell, like the extra virgin coconut oil actually smells like coconuts. Like actually, right. you had to break open a coconut, it smells exactly the same. Whereas that kind of the questionable cheap ones on the shelf usually have an added ingredient of some kind. If you read the ingredients, which people usually don't, they just see coconut oil and buy it. But yeah. when you smell it, it's got a slightly different odor to it. And I think that's the, the easiest way to pick it up. But better than that is just don't buy any oil in a plastic bottle ever in your life. Only buy it. I like to buy my coconut oil in glass bottles because when it does um, harden at a little bit of a lower temperature, it's easier to get it out. And because it gets hard, I know that it's shelf stable and it's unprocessed.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's a simple piece of information, but at the same time, it's so important. Yeah. You, know,
1: like you, you talk about Indian kitchens and I, you know- They are still- called
0: carp kitchens. Indian kitchens are carp kitchens.
1: But not necessarily. It's so interesting. Like you look at what, where functional medicine is going today and where right. all these biohackers and everyone are going today. A lot of it is going back to the wisdom that came out of India right. thousands of years ago or out of that right. region. Like suddenly cumin is the thing that everybody must be taking. Indians have been cooking with that forever. And then, right. oh, you must add um, some coriander and some cumin to your food to improve digestion. Indians, if you think about the ingredients of a curry. What do you have there? Even in
0: your
1: room, yeah. Everything. It's like it's like a curry or whatever kind of curry it is. Is like a pot of healing. It's got all of those things that are superfoods that are um, improving our digestion and increasing our um, natural skin. um, What's it called? Regeneration. All of that is in the curry. Right. Right. And the Indian population was so healthy until they swapped their oil.
0: Right. Right. And because there's a lot of oil. He, when they move from ghee, when they move from ghee, food in rich in ghee. Yes. Loaded in ghee, and they move to oil.
1: Exactly, because you think about a good curry. In my opinion, has should have some oiliness, like almost floating on the top. That's yes. you know, you've got yes. to have that oiliness, but. When that is coming from ghee, and it's not coming from vegetable oil, suddenly you have a bowl of healing that is feeding every cell in your body versus a bowl of cancer, you know, or obesity or heart disease. So, yes, there's the carbs in the kitchen, which, I mean, if you can take away the the roti, which then, again, is cooked in vegetable oil. Yes? Yeah, yes. So, it's such a paradox because… And I mean, if you look at the obesity and diabetes and everything in India, it has kind of taken off at the same kind of rate as the rest of the world. Yes?
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, and a lot of it doesn't even get reported purely because of the population there and the number of medical facilities there. But there you good. The, the, so the, the whole westernization, the whole packaged food stuff is also coming into India. and That's awesome. And and Bronwyn, that was the reason I started this podcast because I have so many friends who are Asians and they have no knowledge about food. Yeah. It's, it's all about convenience today and to make a trip to a good, healthy store and buy something is like so much of a headache for them, you know? like yeah. I wouldn't mind having 20 minutes to a good store to buy healthy stuff, but 99% of people I know, it's such a headache for them to do that.
1: Yeah. And it's sad that healthy options have become so expensive but as one of the, my favorite people who I follow is Max Lugavre who um, wrote the book genius foods. And he keeps posting on his social media channels that the more we demand healthy foods, the bigger demand for them, the price will eventually come down. But because so many people are willing to compromise on their ingredients, the demand is not for the healthy food from the, majority of the population. It's for the easy uh,
0: food. Healthy food. Healthy food is like a luxury. When I have organic food, my friends say, oh, it's such a luxury. It's so expensive. It's it a exactly. it, it luxury, which is not, which shouldn't be, actually.
1: But it shouldn't be, because what do we have here on this earth to experience all the beauty that, that is around us, to experience this thing called life, which is such a miracle? We have this body. And And to be able to experience it to the best of our ability, we don't want this body to be sick and tired and lethargic and incapable of going out and enjoying the sunset and having a walk on the beach because we're sick and we're tired. So it's not a luxury, it's a necessity for for being able to live this life to, to our highest potential.
0: And like so I take I it as I, with I, take it, <laughs> I take it like I'm expressing my respect for this temple that allowed me to do so many things.
1: Exactly. And it's also, I mean, okay, I won't go down that road because then we're talking spirituality, et cetera. But
0: yeah, it's... No, but, no, but in your intro also, what I like, you said that a human being is a holistic being. How we That's... take care of surrounding around us is so instrumental in us living a wholesome life. And I'm sure there you're talking about your relationship with your body, with plants, with food, with people.
1: Everything. It all contributes. Yes. And the message that you're giving your body when you feed it those kind of foods is... I love you. I'm grateful for you. And our souls respond to that. For I
0: sure. It. Yeah. I, it. I just went reading Bruce Lipton's book called Biology of Belief. I don't okay. know if you've read it. I haven't. You'll have to Where send me that
1: title of it
0: Biology of Belief. What's happened to you? Where he talks okay. about how your mental programming changes the entire cellular structure in your body.
1: Fascinating, hey?
0: you know, which, which is a whole different conversation. But I, I yeah. you know, you, you said about gratitude and also, do you, besides your food habits, you, do you also follow practice of affirmation and gratitude?
1: I do. Um, you know, coming from a Western background, these, we weren't introduced to these things as young as many people in, in the East are right? Okay. But okay. I remember my dad was a meditator when I was growing up and I could tell the difference in how he was with us when he was meditating and when he wasn't. But I only really started getting into it probably in my late teens. I experimented with it for a while and then more recently, kind of at the same time as getting healthy with keto and everything like that, I, I realized I need to have a daily meditation practice because if I ignore that,
0: it's I'm
1: wasting all the other effort. Yeah. yeah. So I got into that and I started with an app called Headspace, which was guided meditations, and right. that really helped me and now i try to do a little bit so i have a practice every morning and it's either that i read something that i then contemplate during my meditation and or i just sit for a couple of minutes and and watch my mind
0: <laughs> yeah and that's the premise of mindspace although it's so beautifully done that happens i began my meditation with mindspace too is it mindspace Yes. Sorry,
1: my bad. Headspace, Okay, yes, that one. It is a good place to start. I think I learned a lot about how to be in meditation with the guided meditations. And then it started to be a little bit distracting and repetitive. And then I also, um, I've got, I downloaded the other one called Calm, but I don't like that one because it plays music at the same time and I just feel that that distracts you. But I also find, um, so I do try to, I do my meditation in the morning. I try to include a little bit of yoga here and wherever I can. I mean, in an ideal world, I would love to be doing yoga every day. And I hope to get there one day because I think the, the connection that it brings you between your mind and your body um, is really it's incredible. Profound. Yeah.
0: And you then will I be surprised. You'll be surprised if I tell you I did my first yoga session yesterday morning. First Your time first? Ever. First time ever. And I didn't know I had so many muscles in my body, all right, which were never stretched. <laughs> and, but it was such a lovely experience and I so look forward to do it again. You know?
1: Yeah, it really is a lovely experience. I think... Um, like listening to spiritual things at the same time made me realize that this is not like just an exercise. It's a moment to like actually be with your body, like to actually get into each of those muscles and to like really connect with every single thing you're doing. And it's like, it's like practicing meditation in the moment because what is meditation? It's just being here Right? And if you're doing your right. properly, you have to be one hundred percent present in the moment. Right. So I'm glad you started doing it. I do think that you should do more of it. We all should. It should be mandatory.
0: No, I for sure am I imbibing a lot of practices in my life uh, which, which are making me a better person for sure. Yoga is one of them, praying, meditation, affirmations. Uh, so gratitude. Gratitude uh, and, and the whole process, like, you know, I love it when Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza says, just slow down the mental chatter for you to access the energy, which is there abundantly available. So exactly, all which is- mindfulness habits, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's beautiful it's beautiful what's happening I don't know if you know Gaia have you have you are you aware of Gaia.com I'm not so maybe next time when you get time you can go on Gaia G-A-I-A dot com Bruce Lipton Joe Dispenza Greg Braddon if you've heard of these people who are legends okay. in okay the, okay they have come up with a online resource for everything under the domain of yoga meditation mindfulness uh, Energy healing, so much of beautiful resources available there on this website.
1: Amazing! I'm definitely going to yeah. do that. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, you know, coming to coming to your entire, you know, dive be diving deep into into the space of wellness. What's been your aha moment uh, that has brought That has got you to this place where your whole life now is being defined by this pursuit of well-being. What, what's been that ah moment for you which, which completely altered the course? Hmm.
1: I would have to say reading Gary Taubes' book. Um,
0: which one was that? His,
1: uh, it's why we get fat and what to do about it. Or the longer version, which I was reading, is good calories, bad calories. And I just felt like blinkers had been removed from my eyes. And, like, I was so angry at how I had lived my entire life up to that point because of capitalist greed and lies that were told to the public because of the sugar industry. And the money that was invested in that and the fact that people were paid for those studies that went into the nutritional guidelines and that I had been eating margarine for years and years and years. And I was just, I just, uh, yeah, I felt it was a massive aha moment because I felt like I could finally see what was going on in the world and and see why both of my parents had got sick and yeah, I think that was it. And I think once you truly understand that, there's no coming back from it. And I think the anger that goes along with it and and as I, so that was my aha moment, but I keep getting more and more passionate about it as I go deeper and deeper into it because I feel the pain of all these people who don't have the knowledge that I have yet and are still making these choices without knowing that this is not just about being fat or thin. This is about, this is about your quality of life. You can still be a little bit overweight and, and have healthy cells, you know? Right. It doesn't, and everybody, everybody's interest in being in health seems to end at their weight. And realizing how much deeper this runs and having been only obsessed with weight my entire life, I couldn't have given anything about disease because you, all of us think we're invincible, right? Right. That's not going to happen to me. And I'd been on all these diets and blah, blah, blah. And, and, yeah, realizing this just woke me up. It's, it's actually not about how fat I am.
0: <laughs> no. It's
1: about how well I
0: am. And that itself is like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Whole life changes.
1: Yes, I think so. <laughs> no,
0: that's yeah, amazing. and once
1: you get started on this.
0: There's no looking back.
1: There's no looking back, yeah. Because you can't unsee what you've seen.
0: (laughs) No, and and the kind of people that now you start relating with, like Peter Attia. I'm reading this book, Tools of Titans. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, I haven't read that yet. I've read his other two. Phenomenal. It's Tim Ferriss's best work. Okay, it's always on my table. It's always on my table. So Peter Attia's interview, Dominic Augustino's interview, and, and the kind of people that I started following after having introduced to this beautiful journey of you know, living well. Uh, it It's it exactly like caterpillar turning into a butterfly and then you can't go back to being a caterpillar. And exactly. it's so easy. And it's so easy. It's just a switch.
1: Yeah. And I think um, I'm glad to see you reading Tim Ferriss there because that means you must have done the four
0: hour work week as well. I have, four hour body yes. also. Yes. Prides or mentors also.
1: Yeah, okay. So
0: I'm gonna I, have to get I, that up. Oh, I have a painting at home. I don't know if you can see it. Okay, Tim Ferriss is one of the people in the painting. Oh, my goodness, yes, he is. This is Gary Weinerchuk, Dave Asprey, Jackie Chan, Steve Jobs, Warren Buffet, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, Tim Ferriss, and Patrick Bed-David.
1: Oh, I and love that. that.
0: And and these are people whose work has influenced me. Dave Asprey's work has influenced me immensely. Tim Ferriss' work has influenced me immensely. So when I made this mastermind painting, which is right in front of me,
1: Did you paint that?
0: No, no, no. I got it painted by a friend of mine in Delhi and- Awesome. uh, Just to have them in front of me has altered, you know. Yeah, exactly.
1: You have to keep yourself conscious. You have to keep uh, reminders around you because, I mean, the mind, the nature of the mind is to slip back into, into um, mediocrity. And yeah, because
0: around you is mediocre. I think that's why having exactly. a group of people is so important.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I love, I actually don't know who said it, but I keep this in my mind and I have it on my wall next to my mirror. Everybody gets the same 24 hours. Everybody gets the same 24 hours and then you look across the spectrum of the population of who's achieving what and what can be achieved in those 24 hours and, and Then you get the gratitude for being able to choose How impactful you make your 24 hours, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I think we're aligned okay. in this.
0: <laughs> we are. We. Are. I guess that's how you connected. Again, I don't think it was an accident. It was meant to be. So, so Bronwyn, just a few more questions, mm-hmm. all right? Before uh, you know, before we we uh, are done with this beautiful session, I would love to talk more. I would love to ask you twenty more questions, honestly. You know, if only, <laughs> I think if we're if only to get
1: together for coffee sometime.
0: <laughs> yeah, next time we're going to do it one on one instead of Zoom. Okay. okay. But three questions I want to ask you, all right? Uh, one is, who's, uh, you know, which book rather, would you, which book or which books would you rather recommend or gift it the most if you could gift it to people who are on their journey to be healthy and be, living well?
1: Yeah. Um. So my top three would be Um, Why we get fat and what to do about it, because I do think it, yeah, ketosis remains my number one obsession. Why we get fat and what to do about it. The big fat surprise by Nina Teicholtz. That one is very important. Also, um, the ketogenic Bible by Dr. Jacob Wilson and Dr. Ryan P. Lowry. Those three are a good starting place, I think. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. But, I mean, I can go on. <laughs> Why no, to eat by Rob
0: Wolf. we, we got to first get people to get into the habit of reading, you know, which after yes. Facebook also is reduced. Yes. So if people could just get their hand on these three books, I'm sure they will, they will be reading much more if they finish these three books. But, so that, I'm definitely going to get uh, these three. Uh, okay. Ketogenic Bible being the first one, because this is, this is what you recommended me last time also when we spoke for the first time. Okay, you know? good. So that second thing I want to ask you is uh, what what quote would you put up on a hoarding if you had the whole hoarding to yourself, all right, for the for everybody in Dubai to see on a daily basis? What would be the quote?
1: Um, I think it would be the insulin carb cycle. The fact that carbs. Cause insulin, which makes you fat. <laughs> it ha- I'm okay. sorry. The, the place that I, you I, can... I'm so glad you're the
0: first one who's not putting something in the spine. So it's very nice the way you're thinking. What's the thought behind it?
1: Yeah. The thought behind it is that we have to educate people. It's fine to inspire them all, but we need to like break open this conventional way of thinking and people need to realize that a calorie is not a calorie and a piece of bread is not going to do the same thing as um, an avocado in your body and then they do need to realize this and we do need to educate them and not every single person is following health websites etc so if i could put that on a massive billboard in dubai i would hope that some people would stop listen and then maybe Look into it.
0: <laughs> so, so you want to say it again? What is it that you're going to put up? Carbs, what is that?
1: Carbs cause insulin, which makes you fat. Nice. And I know that talks about being fat, but to get people's attention, you have to start at the fat. I really think you do, because that's what most of us care about the most. And once, once they get into it, they'll realize, I think, the way that I did, it's not just about the fat.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean yeah. people are not even aware what is a protein, what is a fat, what is a carb. Exactly. Yeah. Everything is just food for them. So this yeah. is this is, quote is like a wake up. It's like telling people, wake up, wake up.
1: Exactly. That's what it's all about. And I think all the all the messages that Ingford puts out there. Um, all the stories that, because I'm still the social media person for Infit as well, all the stories I put on IG, everything I post on the page, is all like I'm trying to make a noise. We need to get louder. We need to get louder, especially in this region. We need to put it out there as much as we can, wake everybody up. That's exactly it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, Bronwyn, where, where can people reach you? What's your social media handle? Okay. Where can people reach you? People want to connect with you? Where can they Um, reach out?
1: If they want to connect with me personally as a coach, I'm on the coaching page on ingfit.ae.
0: Ingfit, dot A-E.
1: Exactly. And that page is also our... um, Our store page so they'll find all of our products our starter kits everything on there everything they need if they choose to be keto paleo or just healthy we've got random all sorts of um, health related products and they can feel safe that all of the ingredients are checked personally by me (laughs) before they're allowed to go on the site and then we also have if they're looking for information we have inkfit.com where we post all of our articles and, by some, and also by some of the local nutritionists and authors and all of these things. Everything's there, ingfit.com. Okay. And our IG page is really active, which is just Infit, I-N-G-I-T. And okay. we would love it for as many people as possible to join our Facebook community. Because that's what we're really trying to grow
0: which is, keto
1: which, and is, which
0: is Keto and Primal.
1: Keto and Primal Health,
0: UAE. Fantastic. Fantastic. Bronwyn, uh, I am so happy to have uh, had this session with you and I'm so going to look forward to do another one with you soon. Or right. next time we'll do it one-on-one. But, uh, but you're doing some you, phenomenal Henry. work. Infit is doing phenomenal work uh, and I so look forward to your reaching out to millions of people in this whole region.
1: Thank you. And I've really enjoyed talking to you too. I'm glad that, that there's more of us out there with this kind of thinking.
0: Yeah, and we've got to multiply. We've got to yeah. multiply this breed. We're going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> we got to. We got, as they say, I, as it was said in a, in a I, I don't know which movie was it, but with great power comes great responsibility and I guess knowledge that. and power
1: yes so
0: so so looking forward to spread this uh, knowledge with you Bronman thanks so much wishing you a fantastic journey with Infit and ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to this podcast please go on Infit.com Infit.ae Keto and Primal, okay, uh, Facebook page. These are fantastic resources. Just the very fact that you can see images, quotes, articles, blogs, which are centered around you being healthy. That alone is a fantastic start for you to start your journey towards living a healthy life. There's no point dying early. There's no point living, but half death, all right? We can live till 100. We can live healthy and, and on top of our day. So... So, go and hit up Bronwyn on her social media handles, and it will definitely pay huge rewards in time to come. So, thank you so much for listening to the episode. Have a fantastic day, live well, and be phenomenal. Love you guys. Bye.